New York's beaches kicked off the summer season last month with plenty of wind, sun, nutcrackers, and an extremely limited number of lifeguards. As the Parks Department revealed earlier this spring, the city currently has roughly a third of the lifeguards needed to fully open beaches and pools. The lifeguard shortage isn't new. The city struggled last year to hire enough lifeguards before the summer season, waiting months to take action and raise pay to try to entice the part-time employees to get back in the tower. So, knowing full well that this would be an issue heading into this summer, City Hall worked to make the lifeguard test easier and less opaque, and increased outreach efforts to high schools to try to get people into training programs. But the new push only brought in 200 new lifeguards, and just 280 returning lifeguards. So what's standing in the way of the city hiring more lifeguards? Is it part of a national phenomenon, a United States lifeguard shortage? Or is this way more of a local issue? Well, New York City's Parks Department, which runs many of its beaches, is way below its hiring goals. Adjacent beaches, like in Reese Park or Long Island, which are run by the National Park Service or the state, they're doing just fine, and they don't plan on closing any stretches of beach. So what gives? Are we just going to live with limited pool hours and closed beaches forever? Helge went to the Rockaways to find out. You're listening to the Hellgate Podcast. I'm Max Rivlin-Nadler, a co-owner of Hellgate, a worker-owned local news outlet that just loves the beach. It's a Thursday in early June. The temperature is in the low 80s. There's a bunch of teens hanging out at the beach as part of Senior Skip Day, and the water is looking pretty inviting, but also a bit treacherous. The Rockaways are home to a pretty strong east-to-west current that each year drags swimmers deeper than they want to be. That's where the beach's lifeguards come in. But today, there's not that many of them. In fact, there's large stretches of the beach where there's no swimming allowed because of a lack of lifeguards. No, just between beach 100 and 103, it looks like it's just closed, no lifeguards, red flags up, and it's not closed because it's the uh, surfing beach, which is a little further down. Walking around, I met Faith and Jesse, who were sitting on a portion of the beach that was closed to swimming. They were bummed about it and said they've actually started going elsewhere, to other beaches nearby, that they know will be open to swimming. As a matter of fact, it's a big part of why we choose to go to places other than the Rockaways now, so that we do have access to the water. How There's no point in coming to the beach if you can't get wet. Yeah. yeah. We watched as so many of them were being trained oh my God. the first year of pandemic. Uh-huh. Like, oh, just kids, kids boot camp, lifeguards, and then the minute that all the restrictions started to lift after the summer of 2020, they were like, okay, done with that, <laughs> moving on. And they've been short ever since. Yeah, we haven't seen any. That that first summer, yeah, there was like 20 kids or something like that in the, in the water almost every single time we were down at the beach. Just like training and swimming. And... The city is obviously aware of this problem. And yet in the past year, it's just gotten worse. Queen City Council member Shaker Krishnan is the chair of the council's parks committee. He's been trying to get to the bottom of why the city is having such a hard time hiring lifeguards, especially because it leaves New Yorkers vulnerable during the city's hot months. 
If you want to cool off in the ocean, but you don't know how to swim, that's a dangerous situation. We call them up from the beach. We have a crisis right now, and it's not just about, you know, uh, staffing the position. It's that we've got a larger crisis these days um, as a city surrounded by water of making sure that our children know how to swim, know water safety practices. Krishnan has introduced a bill to help bring some more transparency to the city's lifeguard hiring process. So the city can know just how far behind the Parks Department is in hiring people. What are the efforts the Parks Department is making? What are the goals that need to be hit to say I'm track with hiring? Um, and what, what progress uh, the Parks Department is making towards that goal? The reason why this bill was necessary was because, as we saw last summer and we were seeing this summer, the process for having those lifeguards in place starts much earlier. Because the truth is, at this point, at the beginning of the summer, we're way off court. So what is slowing the process down? Janet Fash has some ideas. She met me and our producer, Lauren, on the boardwalk. I'm Janet Fash. I'm a chief lifeguard for New York City Department of Parks, seasonal chief lifeguard. We're stationed here at Beach 97, or I should say we're standing here today because this is where I was stationed from 1988 until Hurricane Sandy 2012. But if you look now, the beach looks beautiful. There's a lot of um, space and the good news is there are lifeguards here. There's four lifeguard chairs. The bad news is this is a very busy section and there is the lifeguard station and it remains closed. And that to me is very puzzling. Janet's been a lifeguard in the Rockaways for over 30 years. I became a lifeguard the year after um, the Parks Department created these borough coordinator positions. So I was a weekend lifeguard. I worked in 1979, two years out of high school, um, one of my friends, a good, good friends, Barbara Whalen, was one of the first female lifeguards. She talked me into it. She said, Janet, it's teamwork. You can do this. You know, we were swimmers at the Prospect Park Y in Brooklyn, and we loved riding the waves, body surfing. I wasn't a surfer, but surf's up today. Once you hit the sand as a lifeguard, it, there's nothing like it. You're on the beach. You're, you're stimulated by the crowds, the ocean. You know, you get to swim, you get to ride the waves, and you make a difference in people's lives. You know, you, you are the difference between life and death in the ocean. She has a story to tell us. There is a real national shortage, and we acknowledge that, but, but what we have here is something sinister. It's about the union that essentially runs the city's lifeguard program and how it's been working against reforms. The 2021 report by the city's Department of Investigation found that the union was resistant to changes proposed by the Parks Department and acted as a barrier to effective supervision by the city over safety and disciplinary issues. This perennial problem of union corruption, um, which dates back to 1978 when they created borough coordinators and they were from the ranks of chiefs. And the union officers took those positions and <laughs> we were forevermore <laughs> at a disadvantage because we had them as our managers. And it was supposed to, quote, solve the problems, the transition from winter to summer. Uh-huh. Hasn't done that. Fast forward, 2020, there was a union trial against local 461 president contending that he doesn't have meetings for lifeguards, which is true. And then, lo and behold, Franklin Page. Franklin Page. He didn't have this, he didn't have that. So he was removed from office. And we thought, yes, there'll be an election. 
So what they're still doing, because COVID said appointment only, so they would, if it was the wrong person that called up, they'd hang up the phone. Appointment only for... The lifeguard test and the CPR. Cert- okay, which yeah. is the two things that you need. You are a certified yes. lifeguard, right. but the two things you need every year is the test and the CPR. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. And they and control that. Why do they control that? Well, they control it because they give themselves those jobs, lifeguard training instructor jobs. So they've been using that lifeguard school as a way to wield their power. But, you know, there is some positive changes that have occurred, but the, the continual um, recommendation of having an outside monitor monitor the testing of lifeguards hasn't happened. So what you see here is a union action. There should be more lifeguard chairs and more lifeguards. Today, if we look at the water, there are rip currents and the surf's up. Yeah. So those red flags connotate a closed beach. So if you see a red flag, you, know, you have to head to a lifeguard protected beach. Right. But if there was more lifeguards, more beach would be open, it'd be less congested, and there'd be less people that a single lifeguard would have to be monitoring. Yes. And, and you know, traditionally a lifeguard has a partner because you have to go to lunch if you're going in for a rescue, if there's two people drowning. Well, for all those reasons, you need to have two or three lifeguards on each chair. And these lifeguards are used to having three people per chair. I'm curious if we walk up to them if they have three people per chair. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. let's go and say hello. Hey, can I ask you if the tide's coming in or out? What'd you say? Is the tide coming in or out? Um, I don't think it comes past this, but I think it's coming in still. So. It's still coming in? Yeah. Any conditions it won't we should... Much, it won't get much higher than that. Any conditions we should be aware of today? Any rip currents? Yeah, there's a rip going towards the rocks, but just that's why they're keeping everybody over here, so... Okay. Just don't get too close to the rocks. All right. And how much manpower do you have today? You recorded? Yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he doesn't know who I am. I, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, you know. He might know, they, they might know soon. But, so this is an area where there's a lot of rescues. They might have two people per chair now. Normally there would be three. And there's a lot of people in the water. I, I have to say, this union-run operation that closes a lot of beaches and limits the amount of um, manpower creates drowning situations on closed beaches. And that's something that is really very upsetting for me (laughs) because we want to prevent drownings. And what they've done to me for the last 15 years, where my trouble began uh, over 15 years ago, is I did a water safety video in Region 5. And we trained, you know, 38 schools, 100 and... um, 12,000 kids saw that video, right? Mm-hmm. And we asked the Parks Department for lifeguards to come to the uh, schools. You wouldn't think we were asking them to go to Japan. And we got no support. And and then I I had a target on my back. Richard Cher and Peter Stein, uh, Voltamon, I'll call them, a.k.a. Peter Stein. They were like, well, we don't want to see that. Show it to the commissioner. And now these are the bosses. These are the guys that run it. What's the What's the name you use for Mr. Stein? Well, I, I read Harry Potter books to my uh, kids, uh, uh, and oh, the, 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 the the one that you can't speak of, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great with the Brooklyn accent. I was just like, I think it's Voldemort, but I can't quite. <laughs> what are the, What's in it for them? Um, I think it's power and money. I think money is their god, and power. 
that's what's in it for them. But they have the money. <laughs> I know. I, so it's got to be the power. It's got to be the power. It's got to be, be the power trip. Hey there. This is Max Overland-Nadler again, a worker owner at Hellgate. We'll get back to Janet in a second. I know you like our podcast so far. And wouldn't you like even more Hellgate in your life? Subscribe. Hellgate is New York City's only worker-owned news site. Our goal is to bring our readers stories that are trenchant, playful, outraged, irreverent, useful, and never a chore to read. Go to hellgatenyc.com slash products to subscribe. Okay, back to tales of mischief and mayhem from the beach. And, you know, with yourself, you've been here. You were here until Sandy. Right. What, where'd you go after Sandy? I went down to Beach 32nd Street. Mm-hmm. I really had a beautiful experience down there. It was lower beach attendance, but still a lot of people come on the weekends. And But they didn't give me enough lifeguards, but I have strong binoculars. Uh, down there, I'm isolated. I have 20 blocks west of me for the next lifeguard station. My lifeguards are isolated down there. And then I have about 12 blocks east. So, so 12 blocks east of me, those lifeguards have three lifeguards per chair, while I have one lifeguard per chair and a lifeguard that's giving them breaks. But Beach 32nd Street, it's a secret beach. It's a beautiful beach. I love it. But I have to tell you that some of the lifeguards want me to come back to Beach 97. You know, we're talking, we had jetty to jetty. We had such crowds here. And again, it was a good vibe, and the lifeguards loved working here. I, we, I would call them gods, not guards. And that's what I started saying. You guys are gods, because you are making the difference between life and death every day. But they were stressed out. Yeah. And so many of them left as well. And I, and I got called in the latest article. What did I get called? What did he say? A ranting uh, dissident? So where, yeah, um, but specifically right now, are you on the job or you're not on the job? I'm not on the job. They told me I have to wait for CPR because last year I took a medical leave. Okay. And it has been very stressful for me fighting this corruption mm-hmm. because what they do to me is say I have six chairs, they're giving me five lifeguards. Well, how do you work that? Now, how does that work? Right. How does that work? Yeah. Um, I'm not a math teacher, but that doesn't work for me. And and really, quite honestly, for, for years, and, and so lifeguards have quit because of that stress. They don't have a good program for recruitment in terms of having these certification classes. There are other municipalities that are successful at doing it their way. Mm-hmm. Jones Beach, Long Beach, uh, National Park Service. So, like, there's uh, there there's... There's success in New York State, but it's not in New York City. New York City's open water is not being run efficiently and not under the standards of the USLA. Basic stuff. I want a junior lifeguard program. Right. Yeah. Give me a junior lifeguard program. You do a junior lifeguard program, you start it in the pools, right? You start there because you have to be able to swim. You get them out to the beach. How great would that be if you have kids that then now look up to the lifeguards, want to be lifeguards, You've got that avenue of recruitment. Yeah. It, it's it's all over. I have the curriculum and everything. I've been trying. I know. I've been knocking on doors for a long time, and it's very frustrating. Why really don't you is. get discouraged? You know what? How I look at it, there's so many terrible things happening in the world. I still am standing. I still love to swim. I still love the outdoors. I love I love life. There's some people that don't have that. So I, I'm fighting. You know, my friend Barbara Whalen, I don't want to cry, but she died of leukemia, and she fought for 11 years. 
and she couldn't go in the ocean anymore. And that broke my heart. And while she was fighting her for her life, I was fighting this. And I said, if she can fight for her life, I can fight this. That's the way I look at it. It's like, you know, it, this, is, this is something that's life and death for people that visit the beaches and the pools. Local 461, which is affiliated with DC 37, is the union that represents lifeguards at the city's pools and beaches. They did not respond to a request for comment. Janet Fash hasn't yet been certified to return this year. She hasn't been given an appointment yet for CPR certification, but she hopes that she'll be back on the beach soon enough. So I'm a whistleblower and not in the, in the terms of being a lifeguard, but I blew the whistle on this corrupt operation. And so this is what I could say to the city of New York. You could save a lot on whistles because I have a Brooklyn whistle. That's what I use. <laughs> okay, that's it for this week's Hellgate podcast. Hellgate is a worker-owned, subscriber-funded news outlet covering New York City. Our editorial team is Adlin Jackson, Nick Pinto, Christopher Robbins, Esther Wong, Katie Way, and me, Max Orvlin-Nabler. Nadia Tykulsker is our business manager. Lauren Vespoli is our producer. Our theme music is by Groupwork. You could find their music on Bandcamp and all streaming platforms. This podcast is engineered by Crutchphrase Studio. During the week, check out hellgatenyc.com for daily reporting, in-depth investigations, and more stories about New York City. And if you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you at the beach.